right, I'm ready. Okay. Wow. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's uh, your parents watch this with Key Beatty and Brad Sumatuck. I'm Key and Beatty. And I'm Brad Sumatuck, and we're brought to you uh, by Comedy Here Often, and we're here to tell you how a movie that your parents watched turned them into the way that they are. Oh, yeah, big time. Hey, uh, what movie did we watch this week? We checked out a flick called Mr. Mom this week. Oh, yeah, Mr. Mom came out in 1983. After being laid off, a husband is forced to switch roles with his wife as she goes to join the workforce, and he becomes a stay-at-home dad. Or, as as this movie likes to call them, a stay-at-home Mr. Mom. Yeah, <laughs> as this movie likes to call them a boy mom. Yep, boy moms. What, what do you call a dad or a man who has children? That's right, <laughs> Mr. Mom. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I really liked that title. I thought that was so dismissive. Yeah, it was. it's like disrespectful to everybody involved. Oh, yeah, everybody. <laughs> and that that's kind of been a thing that's bothered me for a while is like I remember like uh, when my dad would, you know, he'd be like taking care of us for some reason or another, take us all out to the grocery store. And someone would, would always fucking comment like, oh, you got stuck babysitting, huh? It's yeah. Like, no. Oh, you're the mom this week. Huh? These are his children. He's a father. He's not babysitting. He's half of this, you know, like, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. My dad's dad would say stuff like that to him. And it's like, <laughs> were you never in this situation? Yeah. Are you <laughs> making fun of your dad for being a dad or your son <laughs> for being a dad? It's like, come on. I think you might be saying more about yourself here, bro. Yeah. yeah. Every grandpa is like, uh, I never even met my kid, you fucking pussy. <laughs> Every time I have a conversation with a 30-year-old man, I call him son just to be safe. I have no idea what they look like. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, this movie's crazy. There's, like, a lot of things that I politically disagree with in it, but then there's just a lot of other things that I disagree with as a person in it. Like, uh, <laughs> like one of the first scenes, he's, there, he's coming down for breakfast uh, for, with his family before he goes off to work, and he squirts the baby's milk into his coffee. Yeah. And, uh, that, What's wrong I with disagree. that? Well, it, I, just, with... <laughs> I just feel like it could have just as easily, like, what kind of milk was it, is what I'm wondering. They didn't Breast explain. milk. That's why he wanted it in his coffee. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think that's a good way to start the day. Look, man, I'm just saying until, you have, until you've had breast milk coffee, you don't get to decide whether that's a valid or not way to start the day. Uh, I, I, I'm I, sick of your small-minded attitude. I think your point is fair, but what I'm saying is if you're going to drink breast milk as an adult, maybe that's an evening thing to do. <laughs> maybe maybe get a little drunk first so you have an excuse. <laughs> maybe you got to have something uh, big to look forward to at the end of your day. If you, if you yeah. start with drinking breast milk, how will you how will you get through the, you know, your long ass work day? There'll be nothing. Yeah, it's for tough you to, to build to. from that, to be honest. <laughs> I like that intro of the movie where, like, his wife wakes up early and gets all the shit ready for him and then just, like, wakes him up so he can have a nice, easy morning that I, like, yeah. I'm low-key, like, very disappointed that I'll never just get to be a deadbeat husband, you know? Yeah, me too. Because like it I, looked like the wife was the only one who was actually, like, doing anything. Like, she got her husband ready the same way she got her kids ready for school. Yeah, absolutely. And like I know a lot of uh, husbands like that, where they were, you know, they're just uh, their uh, wife becomes their new mother. And quite frankly, I'm pissed off. I'm not going to be one of those guys. I'm I'm really pissed off that we uh, have figured out, you know, uh, what a man's role should be, and it's equal to what uh, that of a woman is. 
yeah, I think I'm it should be significantly less. I, I think it should be. I, I like I'm furious that I have to that I'm expected to be present in my future children's lives. You know, like I also I, it sucks that he wasn't called Mr. Mom through this movie. I was really hoping that his kids would like be confused when they started seeing him and calling him like who who's this guy? <laughs> his kids don't recognize Mr. Him. Mom. Yeah, like that's how that's the kind of relationship I want with my kids. Like I want my kids to call me Mr. Beatty and I want them to call their mom mom, and yeah, uh, they enough. can know my first name when they turn eighteen. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like him using the baby milk in his coffee just shows that, like, he's definitely not ready to be a stay-at-home parent, you know? Like, Maybe. he's not ready to be a dad at all. He's not even ready to make coffee the right way. My man's still consuming milk. He's got to learn how to produce this shit if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> he wants yeah, to you want to be a mom, dad. you got to start secreting, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to breastfeed, sir. That's step one of uh, being a single dad is you learn how to breastfeed your kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to call you mom unless you have the right amount of glands. Here's another thing I disagree with is the scene immediately following this scene. Uh, he, he gets picked up by his carpool to go to work and uh, he get he goes out and gets in the car and he gets in the front seat when there was already three other people in the car. Yeah, that that's how you know that he uh, Michael Keaton is like the, you know, fucking big dog in this group of work friends. But he's not even the big dog because then he goes and gets fired like they give him the throne only to kill him. Yeah, but he got fired last. And I the mean, boss yeah, was I driving guess. the car, so, you know, of course he's the, he was the number two. Yeah, actually, you make some good points. If I ever get a car and I pick people up, I'm for sure making all of them, like, everybody pile into the back. <laughs> and just, like, have my front seat open. I think I've probably <laughs> talked about this on the show, but I was at a show, uh, comedy show one time with this uh, another local comic, Matt Allardine. And he offered to give me a ride home afterwards. And he was like, I'll give you a ride home, but uh, you got to sit in the back. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Okay, Matt. Ha, ha, ha. And then I like go around <laughs> to the front of his car and like open the front door because I assumed he was joking. And there's like a three liter, like big gulp, like Slurpee cup from 7-Eleven like, strapped <laughs> in with the seatbelt into the seat. And he looks at me and he's like, I told you to get in the back. <laughs> Kian, why are you being so weird right now? Why are you being difficult? <laughs> I already explained the situation, Kian. Uh when they get to work, like he gets out onto the factory floor and he's just like so excited to be at work. Like you can just tell he loves his job so much because he starts talking to all his coworkers like he's doing a commercial for the factory that they work at. Well, he's like he trying to bro like, down with all like the all like the factory workers, and he's an engineer, you know, like he's higher ranking than all of them. He's like, "Oh, you guys are talking about the lines," and they're like, "No, we're talking about the lines, the unemployment lines." And he's like, "Hang in there, fellas," you know. And it's like he's the like, most "This is the strongest company management. in the world. We'll never go out of business. We'll take <laughs> care of you." I just love that. That's very. It reminds me of like like you know when like you're working on the line or something, and like. The boss would come in and just be like, oh, tough day, slap everybody on the back. Yeah, me too, you know? And then he, like, goes and sits down, and you're just, like, standing <laughs> there as you have been for nine hours. Yeah, man, I don't even understand, like, why being a boss at a restaurant is a job that ranks higher. Like, if you're allowed to sit down at work, you don't get to talk to me. That's no, absolutely feel. not. You got to be on your feet, and you got to be uh, cut and burnt if you want to have my respect. He gets fired from his job. 
in that sequence too. Like he gets called up to the boss's yeah. uh, uh, office and then he fires like all their friends. They all like fucking attack the boss and shit, which is pretty cool that you were able to do that in the uh, yeah, man, <laughs> they <laughs> choked. They choked to the boss so many different times while they were times. in that meeting. This boss really got the shit kicked out of him. Like, I feel like the writer of this movie was just trying to like get some shit out, you know? Yeah, he, like, like write, bo- writes in a boss character who gets his he gets punched in the face twice, choked out. Yeah, Here's well, like he boss. was trying to be nice because he was all upset that he had to fire them. And then the employees were like, where am I going to get another job? Fucking Nagasaki? And then just start choking him out. Yeah, I don't know why and that's like. like... <laughs> why would you say that, dude? Like, no, you'll get another job in one of the many states that are in the country you live in. You know? Yeah, that's so funny. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been I've never been fired. I've gotten laid off a ton of times and I've never like thought to swing on my boss like that's I. I know that's not going to help my case right now, you know, but like, I respect that he did. Like he punched his boss and choked him and then showed up at home in a taxi. Well, yeah, they were like, Like, it seemed like he was drinking with the boys after and they all, you know, dropped him off and yeah, I just feel like with his box of shit. I just feel like if I ever punched my boss, my ride home would be a police car, not a taxi. Yeah, I'm sure I would not get a ride home. I think you would. (laughs) I think you would just go to jail. I don't think you would ever go back to your house ever again. You know, yeah, fair enough. Until uh, unless you get out on bail or you serve your five years for assault, you're um, not even getting a ride to jail either. You have to take the bus, probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, but after he gets home, he like uh, makes this is where the uh, thing of the movie kicks off. He makes a wager with his wife over to see like like you know now that neither of them are employed, he makes a bet a hundred dollar bet to see who's more employable, like whoever gets a job first <laughs> gets a hundred. He forces bucks. her to agree to the bet. Yeah, and, you know, maybe that's... He's married, bro. You and I aren't married. Like, maybe our relationships have just been missing, like, wagers. <laughs> like, I think if I started making bets as to who's going to be more successful in a small period of time, I think that that's... I think that's the secret sauce that has been missing from my relationships, is uh, You know what I think the secret sauce that's been missing from your relationships is? Is uh, you need to start betting who can be more faithful to the other one. then i think you'll start uh having some success out there (laughs) we have that (laughs) going and i just like silently give my wife a 50 and walk away (laughs) (laughs) just sneaking a hundred dollars into her pocket congratulations you won (laughs) (laughs) or putting it under her pillow like the tooth fairy you think that would be that that would like kind of like make make the feelings of uh getting cheated on go away a little bit if you like want to bet also it's like yeah she uh, my <laughs> relationship is in shambles but those were fucking two to one odds that i got i'm pretty pleased with those you know <laughs> my relationship is in shambles but my capital is through the roof <laughs> my relationship is in shambles but i'm up a hundred dollars and that's really what it's all about um, that's true yeah but he immediately loses the bet like the oh, next yeah. day like he loses yeah, the bet. within and seconds, he starts doing this thing that I feel like most guys do uh, when they lose something, uh, where someone like feels bad that they lost, and then they angrily insist that it's only fair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "No, th- I wanted this. Frankly, I, I lost bad. this fucking game fair and square. I'm gonna give you two hundred dollars, and then you're gonna kill me. Like it's just like, and that's what I wanted. People. That's what we agreed to." <laughs> 
Yeah, men yeah, who like lose can... are like very on the defensive. I really like that of like, uh, you know, just like you can see that they're upset and sad, but they're like trying to be like, no, this is what I wanted. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy I yeah, got exactly. to find out how unemployable I am. Now I finally <laughs> have a chance to work on my resume. <laughs> yeah, they act like they're happy. They like that they know, but you can tell they don't believe what they're saying because their knuckles are so white. They own oh, yeah. Airbnb <laughs> <Yeah>. property. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that I know that dad that dad behavior well. <laughs> I didn't even like uh I didn't really like think about it before until I saw that in this movie and then I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, every guy does that including me all the time." Oh yeah, me too. I can't I can't ex- <laughs> I'll never be able to accept an L if I didn't purposely put myself in that position to take the L. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless it's funny to me that I lost, everyone has to pretend I didn't lose. Absolutely. I yeah. <laughs> Usually I won't tell anybody. Yeah. That's Just pretend like plan. either I won or nothing has happened. But it's at that point in the movie where he 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 dons his new role as the Mr. Mom of the house. And he starts doing all the mom shit. Most of this movie is pretty much just like uh, him uh being uh you know doing a mom job uh mom jobs montage yeah you know a lot of it is that a lot of it is that but it starts uh, like the first scene which i loved is uh them trying like he's uh, dropping off uh the kids off at school and he like yeah just does it wrong like he goes in the wrong lane and everyone's screaming at him that is such an accurate experience probably the meanest (laughs) and most vicious (laughs) people i've ever met in my life have been moms in the drop-off lane Dude, why does every dad fuck that up? I Every school I've ever been to, there's been a sign that says, enter here. And then on the other side, it says, do not enter here. And still, every time we were getting honked at. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, dads aren't afraid of mowing down kids in their cars. And they know, like, those kids aren't going to do any damage to their fucking trucks. So, like, who gives a fuck? I Go guess, in whatever yeah. way you want. I th- that's the problem we with get, a lot like, of this shit. We would get honked at by school buses, though. Like, oh, yeah, I'm we sure. Were, we fucked it up, like, bad. <laughs> but that's, I don't know, man. All that stuff, I feel like a lot of that, those school rules were just, like, nonsense shit. Like, I think that I think that uh, drop-off rules were made to be broken. Yeah? Yeah. But I, you're I, a big proponent of all other rules? Uh, I'm a proponent of some other rules, like, be nice to me <laughs> and don't be mean to me and stuff like that, but... <laughs> yeah i got a very consistent agenda be other nice rules, to me don't like, be mean to me yeah other shit like being nice to other people and being mean to other people i don't believe in that stuff but <laughs> <laughs> like i don't understand uh like this movie has a lot of parts that are like supposed to be jokes but actually it's just like a regular thing happening and then like but it's something that like an old man would laugh at you know yeah, well, I think that's just, like, the sensibility of comedy in the 80s. Like, you know, you could I just guess. be a frustrated dad, and they would be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess. I just think it's stupid that it's called a joke when, like, this lady goes to a board meeting and someone offers a, her a cigar, and then every grandpa's like, oh, that wouldn't happen in real life. <laughs> I just think that's dumb as hell, man. <laughs> yeah. I, well, like, I, I think this movie... Uh, this movie taught our parents that moving forward is the funniest possible joke. <laughs> it is. Like my dad, <laughs> my dad watched this and was like, uh, "Damn, I thought logic was real. Thank God it was just a prank." You know? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think so much of uh, 80s comedy, it's like the opposite of, you know, like when you go to like the Black Dog or like, you know, any like ultra liberal comedy show and you can just be like, I think gay people should be able to get married and everyone will laugh and you'll get an applause break. That's like the opposite of or it's like the same version of like what we have in the 80s, but the opposite of that, where in the 80s you could just be like, you know, that PC, but in the other direction, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But I don't think that's real. Like, I don't think that actually happens. I don't think if you went on stage at a place where progressive people go and said that, that anyone would do anything. Uh, I mean, you but wouldn't I if think, you said that, but like how many I times think comedians act like Clapter is way more real than it actually is. No, I think that it is pretty real. I mean, at least I've, I've, I've seen it a lot. I think it depends on how you pull it off, but like how many times do you see like, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's... Well... Let me raise a counterpoint to you. How many times are you running a comedy contest at the local comedy club where a guy does a Chinese accent and it gets a standing ovation? You're right. That happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know, man. <laughs> I think there's a. I think there's pandering on both sides, probably. No, but and that's exactly what I'm saying. I think that this is just like the shithead yeah, way to pander. And I mean, it, yeah, I it exists in both ways. It's uh, of course it does. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. So I think, yes, that's what I think. That's what I think, and that's how I feel. Yeah, um, okay. I'm with you on it now. Uh, uh, let's talk about the grocery store sequence. Uh, because yeah, that's dude, like another... how is anyone that bad at grocery shopping? Seriously, that was crazy like, to me. Everything he's doing is wrong. He's bumping into people, knocking shit over. It's like, how did, 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 how did he exist in the world? As a guy this. who had to have an intervention for eating too much soup that my face was getting puffy when I first moved out, like I feel like even I wasn't this bad because he walks into the grocery <laughs> store, immediately grabs a grapefruit from the bottom of the pile of grapefruits and spills them all over the entire store. It's like this man just doesn't know physics. He yeah. doesn't know <laughs> how gravity is going to affect him. This man's just never had a thought in his head before. Like, Which is pretty it, fucking sick that he's been able to get that far and have a wife and several kids and never have to figure any of that shit out. Like, that's why yeah, I'm pissed honestly. I can't be a deadbeat dad. I just want to be taken care of. And uh, <laughs> I can't I can't do that in, in this modern day. Yeah, know? it's... Yeah, there, I see how you feel that way. Like, it, I thought it was a bit embarrassing that he couldn't he didn't know the difference between prosciutto and black forest ham, but I guess of course it is it's kind embarrassing, of like, but it's, it's a huge kind flex. Of an accomplishment. Pretty yeah. fucking sick. Yeah. It's yeah. No, it's like, honestly, man, respect. Good job. Making it's like it being 35 and not knowing how to order ham at the deli. That's sick that you've gotten of, this far. You remember that article that came out like a, a while ago where it was like, Bill Gates doesn't know how much a, a piece of cheese costs. Oh, yeah, where you like appeared on Ellen and guessed all the prices <laughs> wrong. Oh, I think a can of Coke costs $400. How much like, could a banana cost? $5? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really like that deli sequence, though, of him like he's trying to order. He's like, give me a half a pound of ham. And then the person's like, what kind of ham would you want? And he's like, Actually, just give me something else. And everyone behind yeah. him is like getting fury. I could really identify with that. That's like, that's like a, whenever I go to the Italian market, like right near my house, they've got a very fancy deli there. It's like way cheaper than Safeway, which is why I like it. But it's like a million different types of ham. And it's like you go there and it's like, I, I, I'm just like, give me what you would get. What do you think I would like? <laughs> 
based on how I look and present myself. <laughs> just just read the signs in the meat. I don't get how it's so hard. They don't have signs in the meat, bro. They just have a they have a TV full of all the prices and they just have a case of meat. You show up and you're supposed to like yeah. know what kind of meats, what kind of meat. Like it's insane what it's insane how uh, how much they expect you to know about ham at the Italian center. Yeah, okay. I'm a, I'm changing my tune. Yeah, I didn't know they didn't have signs. That's nuts. No, man. You look like a guy who's been eating black forest ham or honey ham for his entire life. I don't expect you to know a thing about prosciutto or anything like that, you know. Well, don't judge a book by its cover because I also eat pepper ham. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry, sir. Um <laughs> Oh, uh, the other thing at the grocery store that I thought was insane is, um, like, how do you have three children, but like, it's still, he still gets awkward when, uh, the cashier sees him buying tampons. Yeah. That's the, that was the thing I wanted to bring up. He like sneakily stealthily tries to get tampons like why and, or maxi pads, excuse me. And then, uh, <laughs> the cashier like asks for a price check. He gets all embarrassed. He's like, no, that, never mind. It's. I never understood yeah. how that was a thing that guys could get embarrassed about. And that's been like a trope in media for like since I was a kid. That guy, yeah, it's like, like there'd always be an episode of a sitcom where a guy has to go buy tampons and he's like very awkward about it. Like nobody yeah. thinks they're for you, bro. Yeah, I don't get it either. Like, and also, dude. you know, you know, you know who use you know what dudes use tampons? Which ones? The army dudes in the army. They use them to plug their <laughs> bullet wounds. So if you ask me, <laughs> That's pretty that fucking tight. If you're a dude who buys tampons, you have to thank you for your service. Up. No, I'm you serious about just, that. You can't just say that and then just move on like it's a fact. What do you want me to do? It, Cite this? I'm not citing shit on this podcast. <laughs> are, you you believe saying, me? are you saying that everyone in the military has an extra holster full of tampons in case they get shot? Yeah, or in case they run into a another battalion of women who don't have any, ta- you know, just in case for whatever, <laughs> I, whatever happens, they're ready. I Maybe guess they might get a the nosebleed. They might get shot. They might get case. a nosebleed. They might start menstruating. Who knows? <laughs> Got to have fucking <laughs> a bandolier of tampons on you to be just be, be to be safe. <laughs> Man, when I'm forty, I'm gonna start doing that. I'm gonna start doing that when I buy condoms. Like uh, I'm just gonna start getting all sheepish at Seven Eleven every time. <laughs> but only once I'm a full-grown man with a beard. And that's the other thing. Yeah, I also never got that, you know, those guys who got embarrassed about buying condoms. It's like, bro, you're buying condoms. That on yeah. top. That's Yeah, like... don't don't like get sheepish. Fist bump the cashier. I remember I I bought a box of condoms at uh like a Shoppers Drug Mart years ago, and the cashier was like uh she was like being like low key about it. She's like, "Let me get you a bag." And I'm like, "I don't need a bag." that's insane lady i'm trying to impress these uh mall goers right now Uh, i was very embarrassed i was super embarrassed uh for a while about it because i always thought that someone was gonna like see me buying them and then just like take that opportunity to do a riff about how i wasn't gonna use them nice and i was like yeah i don't want to be i don't want to get devastated in the self-checkout line of this save on foods right now (laughs) I think my my favorite joke about buying uh, condoms, it was an Onion article, and it was like, man unknowingly buys lifetime supply of condoms. I always get stressed (laughs) out every time I'm at the store. Start thinking about, like, what if I never use all these? And then the cashier's like, $13. And I'm like, actually, let me just get a three-pack. 
Yeah. <laughs> Actually, do you mind if I just pick some of these up? Actually, give me. <laughs> yeah. Here, <laughs> take some of these. <laughs> Tipping the cashier oh, so with funny. condoms. You did great today. <laughs> he also steals a kid as soon as he uh, finishes buying the tampons well that was like a weird thing there's just like a kid in his shopping cart all of a sudden and his kid's out of his shopping cart like he loses all of his kids in the store which well my is point an is like th- thing but also i've gotten lost in stores lots of times when my dad took me out I think I so might have, have even I, told this on the store, uh, show. I accidentally walked out of the Best Buy with a guy because he had very similar pants on to my dad, and I never bothered looking up to see if it was the right man. I just followed him out. It was a <laughs> yeah. soft kid. I kidnapped myself, bro. Yeah, I mean, like, every we've all been lost in the store and stuff, but what doesn't make sense to me is how, as a dad, can you lose three of your kids and only find one? Like, you didn't even make a profit, you know? Like, that's <laughs> why you got fired from your job. Because you don't know anything about economics. Maybe it's he was just like, you know, he's like the kind of guy who would like, you know, pretend to lose something at his job so he could like write it off and steal it. Maybe he was just pretending to lose some of his kids so he could have a way easier time doing the stay at home dad shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like his wife would come home and be like, where's, you know, where's our middle son? And he would be like, what? I thought we we had three sons, you know, just play it like. (laughs) yeah can you imagine he's like oh my god honey i can't believe i fucked that up i better get a job (laughs) you better you better start staying home uh and just to continue on with this um you know mr ma or uh new stay-at-home dad sequence uh they have like a big laundry day um montage i guess yeah where he like gets uh, rounds all the kids shit up and uh, they all like stuff everything into the um into the washer like to the brim and he like mixes up a bunch of like detergents and laundry cleaners just completely wrong in a cup and like puts <laughs> it all in. And I think that fucked up a whole generation of dudes knowing how to do their own laundry. Yeah, like, like my dad doesn't do laundry. Uh, neither does my my mom did my laundry growing up because she loved me a lot. That always seemed like a rite of passage to me as a kid was like learning how to do your own laundry. Was that a thing for you? No, I learned it early. It was it was easy as hell, man. You just had I know to it pour was, some shit in. Well, the yeah, thing. I I learned that when I moved out. I just like didn't <laughs> I just didn't know how to. do I assumed I'd figure it out on my first try, and of course I did. Doing laundry, it, it's easy, <laughs> but like it's it's I, just it so funny so, that everyone forgets to like ask if they don't know. Well, I was I, I was just too embarrassed to ask. I was 18 years old. I didn't want anybody to know I didn't know how to do laundry. That's very embarrassing. So, you know, yeah. I figured that should I big brained it. I figured it out. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think like I think that it, I feel like there should be like imagine ha- how much better off we would be as a society if just in the middle of this comedy, he very earnestly showed dudes how to do laundry. Yeah, it would be good. Like, I think that in the next Seth Rogen stoner flick, there should just be, like, it should, he should just, like, sneak in, like, life skills. That's like, what all stoner flicks should be. That Exactly. That's what they should be. Doing chores. Like, it should be <laughs> Seth Rogen, like, breaking down step by step how to do laundry to James Franco. And then also how to, like, you know, use softener and uh, fabric sheets and all the other, you know, all the other shit that you have to pick up along the way. Uh, what there else? needs to be. 
There needs to be a stoner movie to come out in my lifetime where the main character does the dishes every time after he eats instead of leaving <laughs> it to pile up. <laughs> That's a movie I need. I'm yeah. sick of this. I'm sick of all this shit about how dudes rock, man. Dudes don't rock and my house has fruit flies in it and I need some inspiration. <laughs> man, that's crazy that you got fruit flies. I was making that up for the riff. Oh, phew. Because those are <laughs> so, gnarly to deal with. I, I would, would be, move out. Yeah, you should move out. I worked at a restaurant that had fruit flies and they were just never able to get rid of them. Part of our opening duties every day, we had like these blow torches that we would use to like char chashu that we would put into ramen normally but we would like flip them upside down and they would spray uh like a, a probably like a foot and a half of fire and we would just like torch all the bar like all the <laughs> fruit flies at the bar as part of our opening <laughs> duties every morning <laughs> you're just running around with a lit torch trying to oh yeah fruit flies out of the air yes it, it, that's uh, insane it was basically a flamethrower and like we had to we had to kill the you know each morning's new generation of fruit flies that hatched we never that like fixed the infestation like Job. that's it doesn't sound like a job it sounds like a fucking game in a mental hospital it was definitely the best part of my day it was nice to <laughs> you know just take out all my frustration by being able to commit a little genocide every morning at my bar i would do that for free i don't even think they would have to pay me i think if you started showing up at this restaurant you know around nine ish with a flamethrower <laughs> They'd let you in. They'd let you handle that. <laughs> Did anyone ever try a, like using an Axe body spray with the torch? No, we never had to. We always just had uh, torches around to handle the flies with. We never even bought like bug poison or anything. They were just like, this fire works <laughs> so good. <laughs> Only restaurant in history without the fly strips? Never. No, dude. I Yeah, looking back on it, I never once saw a fly strip there. <laughs> So I see funny. fly strips all the time at my new restaurant, and we don't even have like a bug infestation. They're like, yeah, we're trying to save money on fly strips, so instead we're just gonna burn fossil fuels for yeah, hours. Yeah, unfortunately, our <laughs> gasoline budget is through the roof right now. But... <laughs> that's so funny. Buying fly strips—that's socialist shit. We need to stimulate <laughs> the economy by killing them with oil. Stimulate it with fire. <laughs> Um, you know what's funny is uh, after this uh, first mom sequence, the wife comes home after her first day of work and she's like, oh, my first day was terrible. And that's the first time Jack smiles in the whole movie. Well, she also like looks at him and she's like, oh, at least you had a good day, which I, I love that she's been in the workforce for one day and already she doesn't respect housewives anymore. <laughs> like already she's like oh you've got an easier job than me <laughs> that's so funny yeah and all, all she really did at her job was just go to a meeting and sit there uh, she nailed that meeting though she like pitched uh, her ads and the boss loved her and i mean the boss only liked her because he wanted to bang her but still she's doing yeah, great like uh one part of that I'm saying scene, is no, i just sorry. don't get sorry all i'm saying is i just don't get why like that's the trope is like uh, having a real job is way harder than like staying home with your kids because like all your kids do is shit on everything and that's worse than talking to a guy for 45 minutes yeah that's true that's true and it's even worse knowing that that's your own blood that's shitting everywhere <laughs> yeah. that's your next generation Those that's are the your male heir yeah that guy <laughs> squatting on the carpet right now that he's gonna carry on your name but i think uh 
I think him smiling after his wife says her day was terrible, like that taught our dads a, uh, to always gloat whenever you get a chance to see how they like it. You know? Yeah, dads love gloating. I don't know what that is. <laughs> My dad was a big gloater. <laughs> dads love being like, see? Huh? What did I tell you? No, that happened. Real shock to me as a dad. But like... Yeah, he's like gloating, but then she, she and she's like talking about how it's a terrible day, but then she lists like a bunch of different like accolades that she got in her first day. Yeah, I was promoted seven times. I'm now the manager of uh, advertising business. Yeah. And she's like, it was fucked, though. Uh, yeah, what's your standard like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have it. You, you've been staying at home for, you know, n- nine years or whatever. Your first day out was that bad. You've been promoted like 10 times and you're complaining? Wait yeah, till you teaching, have a regular day at work, lady. She was teaching her kids to do surrealist abstract art every day before she got a job. So this is nothing <laughs> to her. Uh, one thing I really liked about uh, just that they kind of like peppered into the movie with the mom is like every time she would like see something dirty, she would just like start tidying. Like she has all these mom reflexes, which it oh, seems a little... That. It, it, she did it twice where she like when she goes into the meeting she like just by reflex starts tidying up and everyone's like what are you doing uh and then also she like leans over and starts cutting her boss's steak just out of reflex oh yeah um, that was so good very funny but like my mom would it do was that also too, like, funny because it was 9 a.m yes it was like the morning and he's eating steak during a meeting if you were the boss you would also be doing that if I was that kind of boss, I would be sleeping during the meeting. <laughs> no, I man, just I had wanna... 3,000 calories after eating breakfast. I'm going to be the kind of boss where uh, for breakfast, I make all my employees watch me eat like an uncomfortably rare steak. Oh, that Like rocks, something yeah. that's bleeding everywhere that I'm not even into, that nobody else is into, and none of them are eating either. I, wa- I just want them to watch me eat. That's a power <laughs> move. <laughs> that's like how the alpha wolf eats first. That's how I'm going to do it at my company. Um, But yeah, my mom would always, uh, she still does that stuff. I was like really sick one time uh, and uh, got my mom to come over to my house to like bring me some medicine and just make sure I wasn't going to die. Yeah. And she was just like tidying up. And it's like, mom, I don't want you to right now. You know, like, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate it. But like, this isn't your house. Don't feel responsible for my dishes. (laughs) (laughs) Now all I can think about is what a piece of shit I am for letting you do that. Yeah, seriously. Oh, but uh, the next day, uh, Carolyn, that's uh, uh, Michael Keaton's wife in this movie. Her boss like shows up to pick her up from work. And uh, Michael Keaton's like all embarrassed that uh, her boss is going to see him like wearing his bathrobe and shit, which I don't understand. If I, you know, I'm wearing a suit and you're wearing a bathrobe on a, you know, on a work day, you're the guy who's got it figured out. Yeah, you have, you're very far ahead. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, you haven't left the house today. Yeah, you're on fire right now, brother. You got a house and no job? Well done, sir. And then, and then he like, so I don't know like what this thought process, I mean, it's a comedy, so I guess that's what this thought process is, but he decides like, he doesn't want to be seen in a, in a bathrobe. So he like ducks into the shed and like puts on like shitty overalls and gets a chainsaw and then just like has a chainsaw out in the middle of the house and is like, Hey, you know, I'm planning an extension to the house, which is like, I love dads who just pretend to be manly. My dad yeah, was Yeah, I thought that was that. genius, dude. That's the exact same reason why I show up to every date holding dumbbells. 
that's that's the reason why the only existing picture of brad at work is the one day he worked on a construction site yep (laughs) (laughs) brad's in steel toes he's got gloves and a hard hat and he did that for six hours Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my shortest job is the only picture of me at work that i keep posting (laughs) (laughs) it's like this i i i I, yeah i don't know that whole thing about dads like lying about being traditionally manly it's such a weird thing to me for me like it's like my dad would always kind of be like that i think i talked about it on here like he's got a whole bunch of fucking tools and all that stuff but like he doesn't use them ever really he just has them uh yeah and it's like, what? Why are you trying to fool anybody here? Like, it, to me, in my eyes, it's an even bigger dick move to make a guy, you know, to pay a guy to come do something for you. I respect yeah, that yeah. more than you knowing how to do anything for yourself. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like everyone. Like, I feel like a lot of people do that though. Like, even our generation still acts fake manly all the time. Like, no, you, yeah, you're right. Sometimes people will text me like asking what I'm doing and I'll be like, oh, just about to work out. And then I just go get like a big thing of ice cream. Just like <laughs> lying for no reason. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just so anyone thinks I might be developing muscles. I can't do anything, man. <laughs> you and I were supposed to play poker a little while ago. I didn't want, I was just, I, the only card yeah. game I know how to play is Magic the Gathering. So I just did that. Bro. When you didn't uh, answer any of the messages, everyone was like, oh, Kian's probably at work. He probably got busy or something. And I was like, you guys don't know the man. (laughs) 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 He just realized he never learned how to play poker, even though he said he would. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for knowing me. All of a sudden, it came the day I was supposed to know how to play poker, and I still only knew how to play uh, card games with dragons. So I decided to pass. That same thing happened to me though on the like on the day we were supposed to play poker I remembered that I hadn't learned the game yet and I was like fuck I only know go fish but then I still played and lost so much money. That was the other thing is I knew that I couldn't afford to play poker. I yeah, I knew that I didn't want I to knew say that, that. I couldn't that but I still sad. said yes anyway. I was also worried somebody would offer to give me money which like I don't want to just like lose somebody <laughs> else's money. that's so funny all of a sudden you got a fucking bookie now (laughs) yeah you're a degenerate gambler people are showing up to campio with lead pipes yeah seriously i've got enough problems going on i don't need to add gambling on top of that (laughs) i'll take my drug problem thank you very much (laughs) you know what sucked too is uh while we were playing it it was like i found out i love gambling (laughs) oh yeah i already know i love gambling while we were playing it i had the thought like oh i should start going to the casino and then i was like i should never go to another (laughs) one ever again yeah i used to be kind of into gambling you could um on the game counter-strike global offensive that you they have like skins like weapon skins that are worth real money and there was yeah i remember the scandal of those websites yeah 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 you could like bet on like professional counter-strike games with your counter-strike skins that's that's my extent of gambling and i got very into that until yeah. uh, that got taken down. And then I just haven't gambled since, and I'm not about to. Yeah, last time I gambled before the poker was when I was, like, 18, I think, in Grand Prairie. Like, Because every time I would go to Grand Prairie, the show was in the casino, so I would just spend the check at the, like, uh, VLT right after. Of course. And, uh, yeah, but then one time I spent the check and way too much of my own <laughs> actual money, too. And then I, I had to just swear off of it so it's good that i'm back doing it again 
uh, the last time I, the closest I got to gambling at that casino, um, I, uh, <laughs> I w- went out with a headliner whose name I won't say because I promised I would never tell this story. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after the show, he was like, I always, uh, it, one of my traditions here is I always send uh, Drew Bam a text uh, of me putting $20 on black. That's like one of our traditions that we have when I used to go up here with him. I'd be like, oh, sick. So he's like, I'm going to go do that. And he like goes in front of the roulette wheel and he like takes a selfie of him with a $20 bill. Uh, and then he okay, like gets I the picture. And then he's like, okay, uh, I got to go home. He doesn't place the bet. He just like <laughs> lies to people. He's like about to gamble. And then he just saves the money. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the like best kind of comedian to be though. Is like one who uh, only does the comedian like stereotypes in lies that they tell. Yeah, that's the best way to be. <laughs> All the comedian stereotypes suck. They're horrible yeah, degenerate they're people they're only fun to do as a bit once and then there's some people who just think that's like a personality you know i like the people who lie about being degenerates i yeah. like the guys who are low-key very responsible yeah yeah my favorite type of people are the ones who will like relate to you when you're down on yourself but then you go to their house and it's like a fucking mansion yeah those are the best like there's a uh, one comedian i don't know if we can say his name. Just don't say his name. I won't, but he's like a super funny guy. I like him a lot. And we were hanging out. At, uh, Brad and I were hanging out at Grindstone one time. And he, we were like in the parking lot. And he's like walking by. And he was like, hey, boys. And we were like, hey, do you want to come smoke five joints with us? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it was just like me and Brad and a 40-year-old man like getting high as fuck in a parking lot. And then I like <laughs> later on, I went on the road with him and went to his house. It's beautiful. He's got a lovely home. He, I think he runs a restaurant. He's got a <laughs> nice family. Like he's just got it together. I like dudes like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny my favorite part about that was uh as soon as like we got to where we were going he was and pulled it out he was like oh i thought you guys were joking yeah and then like once we got back into grindstone he was like telling everybody he was like i just smoked five joints <laughs> um, uh, shout out to that guy he, yeah, he shout shall out, not be named yeah he knows who he is <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Baltimore. Um, but i wanted to say i think him walking like uh, walking in to meet the boss with the chainsaw like that's just him showing off his hobbies so he feels valid right like that's what i do whenever i talk to someone who's still in university they're what you like, like you're like, like hey check this out <laughs> degree, and i'm like i got stuff going on too i just hung up a picture on my wall i just hung up a picture on my wall and i'm about to get mad at how drunk i've just gotten we all got stuff going on (laughs) the next note that i have after that is the um like the next kind of montage where he just keeps almost cheating on his wife yeah that was nuts let's talk about that because like that's a very part uh big part of uh this movie is that uh, both like uh michael keaton and uh his wife are just like almost cheating on each other for the whole time. And like Jack is like, get, you know, he's getting in with the local housewives on the block. And one of them is like a single mom who's like, or, you know, uh, you can assume she's a single mom who's like trying to break up uh, his marriage or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he, he invites all the gals over for a, like a poker game. And it's like getting very, <laughs> like very, it's a very horny poker game that she's like leaning over. It's just, Yeah. It's a lot, especially when you realize that, like, all of his kids are around, too. Like, could you imagine, like, bringing a woman over and being like, this is your new mom. Don't tell your old mom. 
<laughs> yeah it's so weird yeah because all the, the kids are just like uh they're just like running around like do they even the know room. that there's people there like while while they're just like smoking cigars inside gambling like respect yeah, and that's, it's that's... it was a really weird poker game because they were trying to i think they were trying to show that he's like showing the moms how to do dude shit or whatever but then they start playing poker with coupons as money yeah so i think it's uh you know it's like a weird mashup of like what is dude shit and what is not dude shit. But then like no one realized that like dudes also love not paying full price for stuff. And like I, everybody loves gambling. I liked it. I think it was just a fun little, I think it was just gambling with a, with a nice little mom twist. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought like they don't have any money. <laughs> no, they're single parents, Brad. <laughs> Shit's tight right now. Uh, <laughs> If there's one thing I've learned from my friends' dads yelling about single parents, it's that they could easily just get the other parents' money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, af- like uh, while the uh, uh, horny horny poker is happening, uh, Michael Keaton's like wife walks home or comes in and like sees everything that's happening, and Michael Keaton kind of has like the- to defuse the situation afterwards and be like, "I wasn't horny for her, baby. I love you." Um, <laughs> baby i'm baby me no horny baby look my so dick horny. is soft right now feel it, it... <laughs> um, uh, and then he like sits on or he like goes and fucking sleeps on the couch and like the next part of the movie this movie is really just divided into three montages but the next montage of this film is uh uh him being like a great dad like really getting it together like you have a rocky montage of him like successfully cleaning the house and doing the laundry right and uh just fucking yeah fucking getting to work doing some crazy uh mom shit uh one thing i really liked though is they like uh have him uh uh get really into soap operas yeah (laughs) i don't know how soap operas just like get you know like stay-at-home moms i think it's just because that's what's on at like 10 a.m it must be but like it's it's terrible content like my mom like i I just don't understand how people can watch it like my mom is a smart woman she's got a master's in mathematics and she will watch coronation street until her eyes bleed like it's the worst fucking garbage i i agreed with you about that until like recently because i was reading something I was reading like a bunch of women making fun of the Sopranos on Twitter. And I realized that like, it's like, that's what our soap operas are. Like it's, we watch soap operas too. Like it's not only a single mom shit. Yeah. But my shit's, my soap operas are technically excellent. They're, they're all well, just because you don't think Coronation Street's technically excellent. No, it's garbage. I think it's that one of the it worst things I've excellent. ever seen. What I think is that The Sopranos has technically more murder, and that's why you like it. Yeah, but there's also (laughs) there's also more uh, dudes dealing with their feelings, less adultery. It's pretty good. I haven't watched enough Coronation Street to go any further on it, but uh, that's just what I think. Like, I think we watch soap operas too. (laughs) I disagree. I know that I don't. Also, okay. The, the, the soap opera reference in that show was uh, The Young and the Restless. That was like the up to date reference at the time. That's still like the up to date soap opera reference. Like that show's still on TV. My grandparents watch that every day. It's still on TV? Still on TV. New episode every day. 
And you won't admit to me that soap opera is the best form of television to make? If they could get a soap opera, if they could have a daily episode of The Sopranos where, like, they can slash the budgets, have worse sets, whatever they need. If they can have a guy being Tony Soprano every day, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, I could, I could get sucked <laughs> into a soap opera. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, baby. Yeah, man, I, I wish you wouldn't. I wish you didn't say that. <laughs> I wish I never had to face that side of myself. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep us honest on this podcast. Uh, and he's like, he, he like bathes all the kids and shit. That was weird. You notice that there was like an uncomfortable amount of bare kid ass in this movie? Uh, no, because I don't look at stuff like that, but I could understand how you do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it came up like there were just several scenes. Like there was a kid getting out of a bath and like naked and like he's holding up his daughter, her ass. Like it's just insane that we didn't know Hollywood was run by pedophiles until just very recently. It is insane, like, not even specifically just because of this movie, but specifically because of every single movie we've watched for this whole podcast yes. so far. It's crazy that nobody had even a hunch. Crazy that only literally four, five years ago, all that <laughs> stuff started coming out. <laughs> it's like, were, we, were you guys even watching the movies that they made? Or were we all just lying about being into them? <laughs> we let those fuckers do the whole 1900s just yeah. being however they wanted just showing kids ass multiple times this is a pg movie and there's like almost <laughs> like full frontal nu- like underage frontal nudity in it like what the fuck how did this happen yeah they did every is this decade still happening? the 1900s and never got around to it <laughs> It's fucking insane, dude. I also wanted to talk about uh, how how his uh, younger son has like uh, he's got like a like a blankie that he's really attached to his wubby. Uh, yep. d- did you ever have anything like that when you were growing up? Yes, I have a story about uh, the way I lost my blanket. Well, let's hear it. It was uh, a dark and stormy night. Actually, um, it was like I was. I can't remember how old I was, but it was right after my family had gotten a dog and uh, I was like almost aging out of having a blanket, but I was still pretty attached to it. And uh, so I put it in the dog's bed. And then one day I came home from school and the whole house smelled like roast beef. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, Mom's cooking in the crock pot, even though she's not home yet. And uh, so I just went to my room and chilled. And then about two hours later, my dad came home and was like, the dog diarrhea all over the inside of his uh, bed and your blanket's ruined. And I threw it in the garbage and then I cried. I love that you mistook the (laughs) smell of diarrhea everywhere for your mom's (laughs) cooking. (laughs) Yeah, the funniest part to me is how I smelled literal shit and thought, Oh, Mom's a nice getting... salted uh, glaze. Mom's getting busy in the kitchen, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I owe my mom, like, a gift for that. <laughs> That's disrespectful as hell, dude. <laughs> I, I accidentally did that to my dad one time. He, like, was making... He made some soup that, in my defense, looked identical to diarrhea. It was like... <laughs> It was like soup with like a brown beef broth and it was full of meatballs. So yeah, it looks like diarrhea. And I mentioned that to him. He was just like, I spent five hours making you this. 
<laughs> like I thought you would like I thought this was a joke you're like I spent five minutes thinking of this observation <laughs> I'm like well then why did you make it brown and have chunks in it dad <laughs> if I was do- if I was doing this for five hours I probably would have noticed by hour one and a half that this looks like my poo that I just had <laughs> That's so good. Do you have a blanket story, though? Uh, I had a blanket when I was uh, really young, too. Um, I had, like, it was, like, blue, and it had bunnies on it, and I just, I loved it so much. I'd, like, take it around everywhere and just, like, uh, until it wore out. What I didn't realize, though, is that every time it was, like, wearing out, my parents would just, like, cycle through a new blanket, so... Oh, that's great. It was pretty cool. They were really, it was like the opposite of this movie where Michael Keaton was like having an intervention and getting rid of the kid's blanket, like taking it away from him. My parents were just like, here's some more. Here's a fresh blanket. And then eventually I just got, I like, I grew out of it. They're still all at my parents, but like, I don't, I don't need it to sleep anymore. And I want to get that on the record. Ours just disintegrated until the dog shat on mine. And then it was kind of a blessing that the dog shat on mine, though, because, like, at least it made me stop using it at a, like, good age. Yeah, that's like, true. If I had stayed attached to it, I don't know. I would have done some weird shit. Like, because, like, okay, sorry to my sister, but she, her dog, her blanket never got shat on. And she would bring it in pillowcases to sleepovers when she was, like, way too old to be yeah. doing it. Yeah. And would just have to, like, sneak it in. Oh yes, yeah. Like I knew, I knew guys who did that too. I, I, I never wanted to be that guy. Even when yeah, I was like I'd a like... kid and still had my blankie, my mom would like reference to me. She was like, "Oh, you know, your auntie still sleeps with one of her teddies from when she was a baby." And like, I'd be like five and think like, "That's a little sad," you know. Like, <laughs> hopefully, Dude, I, I can't never even like imagine. That. I can't even imagine how nerve wracking it must have been for my sister to sneak that in because like you go to a sleepover and instantly everyone starts like making fun of you. And then in your head, you just have to be like, they don't even know. No idea. It's like going to a sleepover and just like consciously pissing the bed. First thing you get there. Yeah. It's like, it's, now you got to hide the same this. as that. It's like trying to find a sneaky way to piss the bed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's insane. So funny. Sisters, uh, that I, I bet that's a big character builder, having to like Honestly, bring that probably. everywhere. I bet I bet your sister's a very man. I would love to see your sister sneak shit into prison. If you can sneak your childhood blanket <laughs> into a sleepover, you can bring anything into any prison. Dude, she's probably such a good liar. Like, oh, I just have yeah. nothing but respect for that move, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's very, that, yeah, that's huge. That good was, for her. Her sneaking her blanket into sleepovers was like uh, the her version of the Rocky Fourth training montage. <laughs> yeah, I just like grew up. That's sick that she was just like, no, fuck that. And then just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> double. <laughs> she's like, I'm not rocking with becoming an adult. Yeah, I'm not down for that. I'm gonna keep doing baby shit. And t- I'm gonna do baby <laughs> shit in the shadows. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. I'm gonna take a page out of her book and start bringing pacifiers on the road. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You, you guys are gonna catch me in dark alleys, like sucking my thumb and like drinking out of bottles <laughs> and shit. Uh, how does this movie end? Oh, I I, I want to talk about uh, so. Like he has, it's a weird thing like where he almost gets caught for cheating and then he goes on like the new Rocky montage of being a stellar parent and he like, the woman who he almost cheated with like comes to his house and he's like, no, you got to get out of here. And he like locks her out and that's, you know, a big move for him. And then like a little later on in there, in the, in the great dad montage, he's like running a woman's workout. 
like fitness class in his yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how is that getting further away from cheating on your wife? He's like slapping. <laughs> they're all like jogging. He's like slapping them on their ass, like good work, ladies. And then he like goes around the corner and like takes a drink. Also, that was another <laughs> thing is like this guy's casual alcoholism all through this movie. But yeah, like because they were trying to show how he like got his life together and stopped being depressed, right? So he stopped smoking inside, but he keeps drinking all day. Yeah, that wasn't the problem, and that never gets addressed <laughs> through the entire movie. He he he's just like a functioning alcoholic, and that's not part of the plot. That's just like how we man. built a realistic man for the eighties. This movie is why my grandpa brings a bottle of scotch from home into work every day. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a problem. Because he's having a success <laughs> Rocky montage every t- every day because he goes to he work. Because he knows what it takes for him to handle his business. <laughs> I, I That must be like... Man, because I mean, like, we're looking at that and being like, what a fucking degenerate. Imagine, like, him looking at us, how we just, like, have... You know, we're smoking, taking bong rips all through the day. Uh, it, it, you know, being functional. I guess that's, you know... Yeah. It turns out that the secret to life is actually not trying to live healthy. It's just trying to notice how much healthier you are than everyone else. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is the more things change, the more things stay the same. Damn, Uh, son. (laughs) This was a coming-of-age podcast. It secretly was. (laughs) Um, Um, What were we just talking about? I had something for that. uh, About the women's fitness class. He was running out of his living room for some reason. Oh, yeah. I just feel like the whole, like, almost cheating arc was so similar to Romeo and Juliet. Do you know what I mean? No. It was just a very Shakespearean plot. Because, (laughs) (laughs) because, like... (laughs) That didn't have... That wasn't a plot point from Romeo and Juliet, bro. (laughs) We're never seeing other people. (laughs) No, it was... uh, it was like it, I I wrote that it was the clean version of Romeo and Juliet because instead of it was dirtier than Romeo. Was cheating, <laughs> I, I, no, I, you're just not on board with this at all. No, I just think you don't know what Romeo and Juliet is about. <laughs> Finish this. Finish your thought, but you obviously <laughs> don't remember this. One. <laughs> I disagree that I don't know what Romeo and Juliet's about. I read it four times in different grades. <laughs> Um, but I, because like, uh, damn, did I even write why I think that? <laughs> uh, because, <laughs> because like they both, uh, get really close to ending the relationship for things that aren't real. Like, uh, when he calls his wife oh, and the yes. dude answers, uh, he thinks that she has already cheated on him, even though she hasn't. And I yeah. thought that like, oh, if he ended it right now and cheated with Joan, which he almost did. That would be the same as Romeo killing himself in the right. cart or whatever. You're right. That is very Romeo and Juliet esque. Yeah. So fuck you, bitch. It's Shakespearean as hell, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. I'll, I'll take that. I'm the bitch of no Shakespeare, I guess. Sorry, I projected that upon you, Brad. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, that that was that was pretty fucking that was very touch and go there, um, that sequence. Also, I want to talk about uh, one more thing in the in the Rocky uh, becoming a pro montage. He um, all the women like all the housewives in the neighborhood, including the one who keep he keeps almost cheating with. They invite him out to dinner, and then they invite him uh, and then they take him to a like a male strip club after, as like a goof, I guess. 
Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> that seems unrealistic to me. If there's one thing I know about women and strip clubs, it's that they like strip like they like regular strip clubs with women way more than any guy I've ever met. You know, like have you had that? Because all the girls, every time I've gone to a strip club with a girl, they're way more excited about it than any guy. I think it's crazy that you've been to a strip club uh, with a, a woman. I've never been to one with them. I've only been to two strip clubs before in my life. And it's, the strip clubs are so weird because uh, like every guy that goes to one acts like they don't like it. But I know that you do because you're bringing me to it right now. <laughs> Like yeah. every time I've been to a strip club with uh, some of my friends, they're always like, oh, this is going to be so stupid. And we're going to look at all the losers in there. And then they go in there and just like start a and barking out loud. Uh, yeah, I love I love that. It's like you're getting the boys to go to the strip club or getting the boys together to go to the strip club. And you're like, OK, but we, we all think this is a joke, right? Where are we going? <laughs> <Just> so- <laughs> this is a bit. OK, right, fellas? <laughs> we all okay, think fellas, this sucks. <laughs> we're going to go to the strip club, but everyone has to laugh every 30 seconds or else it's gay. Before we go, I need everybody to say that they're actually not into strip clubs, just for my own peace of mind. (laughs) Before they go, everyone needs to sign this pledge that says we're not horny. This isn't the type of shit we usually do. This isn't the environment I like to get horny at. I I want that on paper. (laughs) Every time I go to a strip club, I wear a shirt that says, no, I don't come here often. Yeah, I love that. That's like every uh, in, in Grand Prairie. There's a comedy show that, uh, like, across the street from it. After, like, there's a strip, uh, an amateur stripper competition, and everyone, like, depending on the headliner you go with, they're like, "You do? Would you? Can, would you like to go yeah. see <laughs> as a joke? Would you like to go see that as a joke?" <laughs> well, they either there's two ways of acting. Like uh, when that happens, the headliner either acts like they're doing it as a joke, or they act like they're like bringing you on your first adventure. Yes, like they act like they're like your grandpa giving you your first beer ever. Yeah, year. yeah, yeah. They're your Sherpa in this <laughs> uh, fucking stinky ass bar. They act like it's a reward. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you want to go to this terrible place where everyone's sad and drink things that is bad. And then they make you pay your own uh, fucking uh, entry. Yeah. yeah, they're like, we're still splitting gas, though. Yeah, they've made <laughs> twice the amount of money as you, and they're like, you, you pay this. You've got $7, right? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you want to pay yeah, seven dollars to come look at some boobs with me that that's what there's if you guys ever wondered what going on the road is like that's what that's the road experience of comedy and yeah the whole point of this joke that we're doing right now is just to let everybody know that there's no dude on earth who doesn't like strip clubs except for us because we're different yeah no we're the only dudes who are serious about when we say we're only going for a joke yeah, every other guy's lying when they say shit like that. <laughs> Me and Bradley, <laughs> you can feel our dicks. They're soft. You should not trust them. <laughs> you should only trust us two guys. Uh, but yeah, and then after that, then we have the whole Romeo and Juliet sequence where uh, 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 Michael Keaton calls and thinks that uh, his wife's cheating on him with her boss, and then Michael Keaton almost cheats on his wife with... Uh, Joan, the uh, evil single wife who keeps trying to wreck their home. Um, yeah. And then, like, help me out with this last scene because it was insane to me. Like, Jack is like she's in Jack's bed, yeah. about to bang. Jack's in the uh, in the bathroom, like trying to hype himself up to do that. 
And then he yeah. comes to the conclusion that he doesn't want to, that he loves his wife, which, aw. Um, yeah, he talks himself out of it. It's a great quote. I'd like to read it. I, it is a very uh, nice quote, actually. He says, he's talking, he's like listing uh, pros and cons, right? And he's like, you have a son. And then he's like, but your son wouldn't tell because your son loves you. And that's a pro for some reason. And then, but the last thing he says is uh, he looks at himself and he's like, you are not going to do anything because you, my friend, are in love with your wife. And then he goes out there still unbuttoning his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> he walks and then he the finds his wife on his, his bed off. and he's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who invited you here? I really like that ending because it all just like there's like this big misunderstanding, you know, like their marriage is on the rocks and then it all just gets solved in like the final like it's in the final like five minutes of the film. Just like all the characters for some reason show up at the their house and like they <laughs> fix their marriage. His boss shows up and like offers him his job back and he also like punches him in the face still. Yeah was awesome <laughs> and then her boss shows up and like begs for forgiveness but also is still way too horny i love that you could really tell that like the guy who wrote this was like oh wow and uh we're at 87 minutes time to finish this shit already <laughs> and then he just like ended it and went to go smoke yeah Inside you can tell the guy who windows. wrote this knew exactly how many pages it was gonna be when he started writing it yeah, also, the guy who wrote this, uh, we should have said off the top, uh, is John Hughes. He's a famous director. He did The Breakfast Club. He did uh, Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles. Like, oh, the that's classic crazy. coming-of-age movies of the 80s. So That's crazy, yeah. I like The Breakfast Club. I hate this. Uh, I actually, I was surprised at how much I liked this movie, honestly. I thought it was really? pretty good. I thought it wasn't bad. It was goofy, but like it was very like pro women. Like I think the whole point of this movie is Jack realize or Michael Keaton uh, realizing that being a mom is a little harder than it looks. Yeah, sure. That's like probably the point they were going for. I just feel like that's not the point that anyone picked up from it. What What do you think? What did you get out of this? Like I just I think that people watched this movie and just saw like it working fine in the opposite roles and then we're like oh that's the joke of the movie <laughs> is it is is it being fine <laughs> well I, I think that you're right like i feel like that was how people got roped into watching this movie like they gave it a vaguely misogynistic title mr mom uh, <laughs> and they had a, a trailer where michael keaton's just day drunk and bumbling everywhere being a terrible you know comical dad and i think that was like the that, that was how they baited people into watching that was how we got baited into watching this movie because we thought it was just going to be about you know uh, a, a terrible father being a degenerate because it's the 1970s and that's what being a dad was all about um but no i felt like it was a vaguely uh like it was pretty pro women you know like it was nice. It was good. It was yeah, Michael yeah, Keaton yeah. realizing like this shit was actually pretty tough. He respects women now. And all we had to do to get dudes to watch a movie about respecting women was make it, give it a misogynistic title and make it mostly <laughs> about a man. That was all we had to do. <laughs> that was all we had to do. But yeah. So what do you think? You think this movie uh, is due for re-release? Well, I didn't say that, Brad. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This movie was fine. Like I, I expected to hate it, and I sort of enjoyed it. What do so you I think it taught your parents? I mean, I think it definitely. I think it poisoned. Uh, I think it poisoned a generation of men against doing laundry. I think it. Um, I think it taught. I think it taught our parents that uh, anytime someone says something progressive, 
they're being ironic. Well, I think that's yes. what this movie is trying to show. You really think that this movie just stole the premise of our podcast like that for, out from under us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I honestly do think that. Like, I think that that was the point of it, was that progressive stuff happened and then the audience was supposed to laugh. Yeah, I think you're, yes. I mean, that yes. But I also think that they looked at, at least I hope they could see it and be like, hmm, uh, we're not so different, you and me, but it's men and women. Damn, is this our first agree to disagree on our on what it taught our parents? Well, I don't actually agree to dis. I'm, I disagree. (laughs) I disagree, and I disagree. (laughs) Well, I actually don't even respectfully disagree. I'm pissed off, and I disagree. All right. Well, this was the last episode of your parents. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I think this is good. I think this was a secret progressive masterpiece, and I stand by that. I th- I guess what I think really is that it depends on your own mindset. You're probably right. It, yeah. It depends on how much you like women going into this movie. It's yeah, this movie is a lot like reading Mein Kampf. Like it you you have to have an opinion on what you read first and yes. that's what you come out of it with. Exactly. If you're going into Mein Kampf just like as, you know, uh, blank mind just hoping for a good read you're going to be disappointed but if you go into that like really not liking people of a certain ethnicity i think it might be for you yeah and also i'm only comparing movies to mind con from now on <laughs> shakespeare and hitler those are my only two benchmark authors yeah brad's idols two powerful hey, i didn't men. say that the i only did two not men say Brad respects uh, i didn't say <laughs> <laughs> you, you all heard him. Anyway, you got anything else you want to plug? He stole bits. <laughs> That's who you want to say you don't respect right now. After that's my correct of the two men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts yep, if you like have and time. subscribe. Send us a uh, message. Tell your friends. Yep. Message uh, us with movies you like. Hero. Whatever. Shout out to Comedy Shout out Here to Often. Comedy Here Often. Shout out to Chad Kroger. Shout out to 604 Records. Shout out to Carly uh, Ray Jepsen, our label shout mate. Out to, shout out to the Dead Baby Bear podcast. Uh, anything else? Uh, also, shout out to uh, You Ruin the Party. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Bobby Warner and Ra- Randy Newmeyer. To... Yeah, new episode featuring Malik just dropped. Go yep. listen to it, everybody. Yeah, go to hear stories from Brad's former roommate. Both of Brad's former roommates. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, next week, uh, uh, I let. Should we say what movie we're doing? I think we're gonna. I think we figured it out. Yeah. If, if we know, let's say it. We know it. Hey guys, tune in next week. We're uh, gonna be watching uh, George A. Romero's forgotten psychological thriller, uh, Season of the Witch. It fucking rules. I think it'll be fun to talk about. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Fuck, that's gonna be a good flick. It will be a good one. So yeah, thank you all for listening. Come back next Wednesday. Tell all your friends about this, or else you're not a real fan. Should we give a shout out to the sponsor, too? Who's sponsoring it? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks, everyone.